You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hours 11. Hope you are all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell icon so you may be aware of any time we put new content on. As always, we'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. Today's guest, um, his podcast, Back in the Day podcast, is really, really good. We'll chat about that in a bit. It's Gary. How are you, Gary? I'm great, Russ. Uh, it's uh, nice to be invited on uh, to talk talk West Ham. Uh, our main both our main loves i guess uh so no really looking forward to it don't, don't tell the wife don't tell the wife no <laughs> <laughs> very clever how are you man how are you in this crazy world we live in yeah it's you know just like everyone really kind you know just sort of getting through um and uh yeah just sort of taking uh the things you know we sometimes take for granted and um and, and not taking them for granted anymore really um and just enjoying listening to a lot of podcasts really at the moment and uh there's a lot of them out there at the, uh, at the moment and um you know obviously i tune into yourself and being a west Ham fan as well um yeah so that's that's uh that's what i'm enjoying doing at the moment listening to a lot of that so yeah i suppose it's one of those things isn't it because there's no it's because people got more time in their hands at home it's i mean that's why i started started this because i had more i had you know i just had enough of watching i don't know australian married at first sight or, or love island <laughs> or whatnot so i just thought hey it's a good excuse going to work west ham every every evening for an hour or so but i mean how, how did you start the whole idea of back in the day podcast so basically i um during the first lockdown i was listening to a lot of the peter crouch podcast actually yeah. uh, which is a lot of fun um obviously um and um it just was interesting i've always kind of thought about doing it um but never really had the time it's a bit like everything with this with the lockdowns and things suddenly you get the time and the opportunity and you think well okay why not let's give it a go um so i kind of did last may 2020 started it um did 10 episodes uh for season one kind of 
started growing a little bit of interest with it, decided to bring it back for season two, so had some people that wanted to come on and chat about about football. Um, and it sort of just carried on, really. So it's predominantly 1990s themed, um, hence back in the day. Um, I like talking about that, that particular decade. It's when I watched an awful lot of football growing yeah. up in that decade. That's when I started going over West Ham at the back end of the 90s, had my season ticket over there. Um, so I wanted to talk about that subject, about that that period of time, because it was really important to me and, and a time where I was really passionate about about the game, uh, football. So we're up to 18 episodes now, um, two more to go in this season for season two. And I just put it out there, really, and uh, kind of got onto different platforms on um, Anchor, and now it's on like Spotify, and I start I set up my Twitter page, um, so uh, at pod uh, bitd for back of the day, and Instagram as well page, and just try to generate more followers. So that's the idea, really. Yeah, it's when they see. I'm exactly the same. It was like yeah, same thing. I sort of started as a little project, didn't really think how it was going to develop, and then it just became this this beast. That is my Hammers eleven, and you're like it's a bit like a runaway train at the moment. But I know what you mean. It's like you know you sort of, you're learning on the go, aren't you? You're learning about the podcast and and the sound and recording and all this type of stuff. And you little you know you little bit you look and say, oh that's quite good from that. I'm going to use that, and you know it starts developing your tools, and it it is like a new skill really. I think all of this stuff it's a uh, it's sort of learning learning on the job really, but it's great. I love it. I love it. I just think it's. I, I do as well. I just think having that connection, um, you know, with, with people talking about football, you t- I mean, we, we all do it, don't we? We all, you know, yeah. uh, get, talk, talk football a lot. And, you know, when we could go down a pub or things like that, or, you know, on the sidelines, you know, in the stands, watching the games and so on and so forth, you know, we love talking about football. And this has sort of given people a platform to do that, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, especially over this period of time. Yeah, and everyone, and as you said, there's it, there's no uh, there's no shortage of people having a go, and I think it's great because you know we've had lots of people on here who have just started, or or you know we've had like young Jake who's, who's thirteen and he's doing really well, and it's great because it just means as you said you've had time to develop to, to do it. As you said, you probably wanted to do it for years, and you go, oh, I'd love to have done that, and actually you go, oh, fuck you, why don't I just do it now? Yeah. You know, what else am I going to do? You know, sit there and watch the snowfall um, <laughs> <laughs> is the moment. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, it's, uh, I think it's brilliant, man. I think it's great. And, uh, no, it's, it's good. And it, uh, it's not about necessarily for me, it was never, it's never about, you know, how many people watch it or whatever. It's, as you said, it's, it's your own project. It's your love, isn't it? So you love doing it. And so if other people enjoy it, that's great, isn't it? That's brilliant. Yeah. You, and that's, that's, sort of coming out that's it. It's like, it's, you just really enjoy it the, the weekend or whenever you've, you've planned to do it. And, um, yeah. you enjoy that sort of hour or 45 minutes it is of, of just chatting and, and the, you know, getting people to listen is is that bonus, and and then you, if you get that interaction back, um, it's a lot of fun, and you get different followers and, and things like that that show an interest, and and they have some ideas as well for a future podcast, and it's yeah. just, and that's obviously oh, how it how it grows. Um, but I will say on here, I say episode eight of season one is the Bobby Moore lower, so obviously we get lots of West Ham fans listening uh, for this one. So um, yeah, that's a very West Ham orientated on that one so that's my my experience for my season ticket years i used to sit in a bobby more well sorry stand in the bobby more lower i will say (laughs) 
about to say, yeah, no one sat down then, did they? The no, they didn't. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not even Elijah Wood. Even Elijah Wood didn't stand in the Bobby Moore laugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> and and obviously, you know, I, you know, obviously the boys are doing all right at the moment, aren't they? We're having not a bad season at the moment. It's not bad. Yeah, I know it's. Uh... Yeah, it's it's quite surreal, obviously. Really, the the fact that you know we we're not there. I, I know yourself. You're you're there, aren't you? And yeah. um, you're in another stadium. It's obviously not the same for you. No. You know, uh, you know, it's, there's, there's no the, the fans are not there, and and that's what's a shame about it. Um, and obviously, I've still got my season ticket with my dad. Um, so you know, obviously, we we're not we're not going at the moment and things like that. But nonetheless, you know, we're enjoying watching it on the box. Um, you know, mum's watching it as well. She's well into it at the moment. Um, so we're we're all happy hammers in our house, like in, in the household. So um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 great they're doing well, aren't they? Moyes seems to have um, sort of built a a, a tight unit, um, and he's got he's just the signings have been good, haven't they, Russ? Yeah. I mean, you know, good good business really, and, and that's not really been associated with us in you know the. No recent years um but i mean you know the the two czech boys sue fell oh, and so yeah, check yeah. i mean four times you probably get four times your money from i reckon four or five oh, times your money honestly how valuable have, that, have they been i mean so check with oh. his goals um obviously he's got his red card rescinded which is good news today as well which is quite rightly so um but you know all the all the players like bowen bowen works hard down the right hand side antonio's obviously adapted into playing up front he's been so important for us um ben rama's coming and ben rama's you know there was this talk of you know he's the the, the flair player who won't necessarily work for the team but he's putting a shift in isn't he every game yeah. as well for us yeah. and that just shows the mentality doesn't it that you know, and you've got Declan in the middle and it's so important, obviously, we all say the same, you know, it's important for us to hold on to him because he just breaks everything up, doesn't he? But I, I think, you know, from the neutral point of view, maybe not as much credit as sometimes as he deserves because he's a good he's a good footballer with the ball as well. Yeah, um, going forward. He's not he's not just backwards and sidewards. Um, no. He can use left foot, right foot and spray the play as well. So, yeah, we've got a nice balance. We're solid at the back as well, aren't we? So, at the moment... It's it's going well, isn't it? It's going well, and as you said, they've got this like team resilience, um, which I just love. I love the fact that you know, even if we're like I don't know, like two 0 down or to the Tottenham game, three 0 down with fifteen yeah. minutes to go, you know, coming back, and and you know, we can. It's just this team ethic, which I just haven't seen us have for a long time. You know, all it looks like everyone's in it together, not just the players, but the management, the backroom staff. There seems to be a real bond. And, um, yeah, it's nice to see. It's nice to see. We've waited a long time for something like that, for a team like that sort of team ethic, you know. You know, even in my opinion, even more so than the final season at the bowling in terms of the team. Um I just think this team is probably one of the best teams I've seen for a long, long, long time yeah. at West Ham. I mean, they're pulling, they're all pulling in the same direction, yes. aren't they? They're all on the same page. They all know their jobs. They're working hard for each other. Morel seems good when you see the clips of, you know, the training grounds. Yeah. Today they were throwing snow at each other, wasn't they? You've seen <laughs> that on Instagram and stuff. And oh, just I, the... miss, I miss Colton Cold being there, though. <laughs> just yeah, dive in, over, they? Yeah, in the snow. And it's Blackburn away, wasn't it? Yeah, Blackburn away, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's yeah, it's it's good. It's a it's a good time to be, um, you know, be a West Ham fan. We're, we're doing well, aren't we? 
definitely long may it continue long may definitely. It continue. um so uh, the first question i tend to ask these things um is is why are you a west ham fan what's your story now obviously i understand you put your dad's a hammer as well so it might be something to do with it but why why are you a west ham fan what's your story well, uh, that's that's it really in, in a nutshell, is that it's a, it's a family thing first and foremost. A lot of my family are West Ham. Um, Dad got me involved in, in football and just as any normal boy really that, you know, his, his dad loved football, um, got me involved in it. And um, I, I went over to, he actually took me, my first game was um, like, uh, I went to Harrington Parkson to watch him play first of all. We wanted to see if I liked it. And then he built me up. Um, his his uncle um, used to take him over Orient as well. So yeah. we went to Orient game. Then he built me up, you know, a bit more. And then um, obviously he was always going to take me over West Ham. And and then um, quite a funny story, really. He was he was due to take me in 1992 um, West Ham against Hull when we won seven uh, one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, couldn't get tickets for that one. But we went later in the month. We went to um, the Charlton game at home and Mad Dog Martin Allen scored a couple of crackers and I was just hooked after that it was just like yeah. yeah take me again I want to go and and we used to go like through like sporadically really through the through the 90s um, I was lucky enough to go to some of the big games in in the 90s um the Man United one all uh, when we cost them the league Ludo obviously had a, an amazing game I was there that game which was which was a great buzz for me um, to look back on that now and what an experience that was. Oh, yeah. um, and then, as I said, it kind of, um, as I went through my teenage years, 16, 17, <laughs> I um, then got a season ticket with with my mates and we were all going down the bowling all together. And um, yeah. no, it's great days. And and that back end of the, um, the 90s, obviously, we, we stayed up with the Hartson and Kitson combination that, that yeah. obviously sort of, um, you know, basically just got us out of trouble and then, then we kicked on that next season didn't we and those three those three years i mean i look back now i mean and and what's happened in you know recent years as well how lucky i was to have those experiences back in the 90s yeah it was a special we, time it was i mean you know we finished fifth didn't we one season one yeah. of those seasons like the season to go for there so we were always in the top half seventh i think was another and eighth i think the three seasons i went mm-hmm. over there so um yeah and just just hooked and you know it's and people talk about like the the west Ham way and things like that but a lot of what we talked about already russ for me is it's having a group of players that want to play for the shirt yeah. and play for play for the, the club and the fans and they look like they they care and they want to put that shift in and you know i haven't got aspirations really for us to you know win the league and champions no. league and no, things no. like that that's not what it's about for me it's about you know that that camaraderie between the team, the players that you know that are doing it the right way, they work hard first and foremost, and they mm-hmm. you know they care for the shirt. Um, and then you've got a few Mavericks thrown in there every now and again, you know, with uh, you know that gets off the, off our seats and things like that. And and that's what I like, uh, you know, about and that's why I'm a West Ham fan because I think we are like that. I think um, and and I'd love a cup run as well. I love a cup run, yeah. and um, let's hope tomorrow night we uh, we we kick on in the, in the FA Cup. That's, that's the hope. That's um, the hope so, yeah. And, you know, the league position looks good at the moment. Um, but, you know, if we finish in the top 10, and I know that might sound a bit pessimistic, 
um, bearing in mind where we are. But I'd be pleased if that and uh, you know progress a little bit in the cup, and I'll be happy. What a great season! Yeah, I think now it's now for me. It's not necessarily where we finish this season. It's where we finish next season now. Yeah, because we traditionally have a really you know it's like a it's a cyclical thing. We have a really good season, and then we'll have three seasons of relegation mid, mm. you know lower table and say so, you know that if we finished 10th like yeah so we finished eighth or ninth this season so we finish the, the same next year that's that's progress that's exactly. progress that's what we need i think that's that's it's it's great having a, the one-off season and the, you know the boys of 86 season you know all that stuff is brilliant but then if it's if it's followed up with a crap season, <laughs> it's yeah. like you know that's that's what I think we need there. This solidity, get a base, get like a minimum of where we'll finish. You know, then you know occasionally you'll have that really shit season where it all just collapses. But if you're always like you know the top ten, that's that's progress for us definitely. Um, oh. Not exciting. It's not necessarily exciting, but. As a club, I think that's what you need. And then he said, then you get ten points. You know, I said we finished. We were doing thirty nine points. That's where we finished last season, and we just come into February. So you know, as I said, it gives the opportunity for the cup games. You know, you win. You've got four cup games we could win, and you know, you've got a trophy. Yeah, exactly. And we'd love that, wouldn't we? I mean, I mean, we think back to two thousand six. How close we come? Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, and it'd be lovely to to get there again, and and this time to to win a trophy i'd love to see that in my you know my lifetime that we've actually mm. you know like i said not necessarily the league but the fa cup would be nice so you know even the carabao cup you know something bit of silverware obviously we've got playoff finals we probably count those <laughs> but, yeah we do we count those ones yeah and that's it anglo italian cup back in the day as well yeah, so total, um, we'll count it all. yeah but um yeah it's I think you're, you're totally right. I make you right, Russ. I think we just want consistency, don't be over there. And 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 it seems like hopefully that's you know hopefully Moyes has got that and he's buying the right players. The right players are coming into the club, and it's about kind of just kicking on, as you say, next season um, and just being consistent. A bit like what I was saying at the back end of the nineties mm. when we were consistent year after year and we were top half finishes, and that's why it was a good period of time. Yeah, definitely. So, Definitely. Although, on, on like, if I'm right, didn't we finish fifth and have a ne- negative goal difference? I think, I think you're right, probably right. I'm right thinking about that. Yeah. So, so I think typical West Ham, isn't it? Typical Harry. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I know what you mean. It's, I think, yeah, the fans deserve a bit of solidity and in terms of, you know, just that sort of their, well, just for their own their own self being, than anything else, you know, we can't keep these these relegation battles and these struggles, and you know, yeah. save our season matches and stuff like that. It's um, yeah, it's it's, it's nice and it, it's weird. I, I, we've been so used to that that I I can't. I'm I'm not used to looking ahead rather than looking back. You know what I mean? Looking below me, I'm. You know, it's like the other day when like the the Liverpool game happened, and and I went, oh, that's a good result for us. <laughs> <laughs> what? what Russ? Oh, if only we could have gone above them if we'd won. It's like, oh, Russ, Russ, sh- stop it, stop it. It's, oh, the no, of, it's the hope that kills you. It's the trouble, isn't it? That's the, that's the thing is, um, but no, you're right. It's nice to it is nice to look up though and think, yeah, you know how results above us are affecting potentially our season, not below us. Yeah. And it's a nice change, and it's a nice change for a season. But as you say, you know, next season's important. Can we can we continue the progress that we've made this season? Definitely. 
most definitely most definitely right okie dokie let's let's talk about your, your your hammers 11 gary so obviously everyone we have on the on the on the um, channel that's it god it was cool for it the channel that's it on the channel um gives a, a, ham, a hammers 11 basically they're only 11 so you can pick whatever criteria you want to put on your players it doesn't matter it's your 11 but the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play that's okay. the only rule otherwise we'd have all put bobby moore in our team billy bonds but you know you and me never saw him we never saw them never saw Trevor Brooking play saw him manage but not play so yeah um it's it's that's what we try and do so get and I think we've had about something stupid like 280 different player names across the 260 65 some interviews um right. so yes yeah, some, some, some unusual ones some unusual yeah. ones. um <laughs> yeah but but that's what it is that's that's what we do so that's what we're going to do with you Gary so um let's start off um between the sticks so I've, I've already mentioned him already the um yeah the you know that one or that man united game um ludo mccloskey yeah uh goes in um i just i just really liked him when i you know when i was growing up i was i was young um i couldn't believe how far he could throw the ball and he could <laughs> throw the ball just as far as he could kick the ball yeah. he had a really good te- a different sort of kicking technique as well yeah. i remember uh, which was quite unique, and I quite liked that. Um, he, I, you know, I wasn't a goalkeeper when I was younger, but I still got the goalkeeper tops because he was like one of my sort of favourite players, a hero. Um, I sponsored his gloves one year. My dad, you know, when the days when you could sponsor the players' gloves or boots, and I was in the programme yeah. with yeah, yeah, yeah. for a season, that was quite nice. Um, we shared the same birthday as well, myself, my dad, and Ludo. So that's... Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. So that's another thing as well. And uh, I was lucky enough to meet him once when I was younger, Junior Hammers Day. Uh, oh, a, yeah. I think it's a summer fate or something. And yeah. I've still got the picture to this day, which is great. Um, but yeah, I just like, he was, he was just a really good goalkeeper. Um, he was, you know, he was reliable. He was, you know, like any goalkeeper, he could make the odd mistake. But, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, he'd put, he'd put a decent performance in for the Hammers. So. Yeah, Ludo goes in goal for me. Yeah, he was one of those players. It was funny. It's like I, I, I look back at him and and I, he was always in goal for us. Like, yeah. I always just remember him being in goal. You know what I mean? He was in goal for years and years and years, it seems. Um, and no, he's just, he's a, as you said, a lovely bloke as well. Um, and, and I just think with Ludo, I think he's one of those keepers. You know, he's sort of in, in that succession of there was Parks and obviously he, then it was Ludo, then it's probably something like Rob Green. So we've always had a, a strong goalkeeper throughout sort of every generation of West Ham fans. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. like now, for example, obviously Fabianski now is an incredible Oops. goalkeeper. Um, but you're right, Ludo had it. He was just so unusual because he was so he was like the first sort of foreign based player like proper foreign based player i mean not no disrespect to any of the scottish guys or anything or various others but he like he's the first one i can remember playing for west ham um yeah. no one had heard of him um <laughs> no one knew where the czech republic was or czechoslovakia was at the time clearly <laughs> um and uh he was just a top guy and as you said he had this yeah he's kicking sort of sideways on wasn't he he'd have his yeah. sideways on kick um yeah funny 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 way of doing it as he said and he actually got loads of assists i mean we had we had, we had morley on we've had a few of, we've had slates on and they they accredited ludo to some of their goals because obviously he he kicked it so far there was the one goal i saw the other day again which was 
Um, I think it was Sunderland where Ludo smashes it to Dolan, who chests it to Slates, who volleys it into the corner. The ball never touched the ground. And uh, absolutely amazing goal. Amazing goal. And it was all from Ludo's, one of his absolute oh, monster kicks. Yeah, exactly. So we'll put Ludo in. Let's go with... Um, let's find... My, where's my thing? Where am I going? There I am. Okay, let's go... Um, Who's gonna be you, you go, you go, you go, Gary. Who's gonna be next player? Right. Um I'm gonna go right back. Sure. Um and I'm gonna go nineties feel as well. Uh when I was younger, just what uh watching West Ham first of all when uh when I was growing up. And um just this guy was really steady. Uh Tim Breaker, I'm going oh, for. Yeah, the the robot. That's it. Um yeah, just like I said, just steady. He got forward as well. I mean, they talk nowadays about kind of the, the fullbacks getting forward. Um, yeah. But Tim Breaker was doing that in the 90s. He, he was. I remember um, he always used to get down a line and put crosses in. Um, yeah. And it, uh, me and my friend, Cole, we always talk about this, actually. But we always remember he always used to kind of fall over when he crossed it as well. He put so much into his crosses. It, yeah, yeah, he did, and it, it just it'd be interesting. Like West Ham fans want to watch you back, but he seemed to kind of just fall over and he put crossing. But his delivery was really good. It was a good, a good delivery. Um, yeah, and he had his own technique with crossing. But yeah, just steady. Um, just again, a committed player that played for the shirt, um, and, and and was fairly that early nineties was pretty much a shoeing for that position. Yeah, uh, probably Potsy went sometimes right back, but. Um, but I mean, I'd say I'm looking, uh, you know, at the moment as well. Sue Fowl, I mean, as as we spoke about earlier, what a signing he's been at, at right back, yeah. but um, you know, and there's other people obviously you can think of, but I'm going to go with Tim Breaker for sort of longevity, really. He just seems to, seem to be there oh, for the years, so yeah, definitely. And I think, I think he's often not forgotten about that's the wrong expression, but you know, because he was always there. And he was always yeah. just so dependable, so reliable that I don't think he's given enough credit as a player. And so I actually, and we, and it was only because I've been watching loads of the like Robert Banks's season end of like season reviews he's put on YouTube, and he didn't realize how much he bombed forward, how many assists he got. You know, he had a shot on him as well. And you know, when we spoke, when I spoke to him, I said I, I never really appreciated you when you were playing because obviously yeah. I was probably young as well. So it's like it was always yeah. about Bishop, and it was always about you know like Morley and all the you know the flashy players, so to speak. Yeah, but yeah. Tim Breaker was just an incredible, incredible, and he was he was like you know like the modern. Yeah, a bit like Sue Fallies now, you know, they're very similar if you look at them, you know, in terms of how they bomb forward quite a lot. Tim yeah. was always bombing forward and so and overlapping the wingers and stuff. And so yeah, he was a great player and a lovely bloke as well. Right. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Breaker is in. Uh who is next then, Gary? Uh well kind of I'm gonna start on my centre halves here and I kind of sort of mentioned him already. Um I'm gonna put Potsy in there. Steve Potts. Um, and just just the reasons really like uh, similar steady reliable play for the shirt love the club um, and uh, you know as I've mentioned earlier with you know his only goal um, came against Hull and I would have potentially seen his only goal um, <laughs> but um, and uh, yeah he, he obviously scored scored one goal for West Ham but that wasn't it wasn't his job was it, it was to defend and um, yeah. yeah and and basically, he 
he just was everything I kind of liked about a West Ham player. He's just, you know, no airs and graces, did his job. He knew what his job was. He was effective at it. And like I said, he could play centre-half or he could play right-back. Um, but yeah, I've gone with Timmy and uh, then, then Potsy um, alongside. Nice. As you said, he's one of those players, I mean, we, we did a whole night about him uh, a few weeks ago. Um, one of those players that if he was five inches taller, he'd be an England regular, wouldn't he? Because he, yeah. he was that good. He was such a good player. So reliable, as you said. And, um, you know, it's nice to see like people like Potsy still involved in the club. He's obviously with the under-23s and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, he's a legend, isn't he? Absolute legend of the, of the club. Right. Okay. Breakers in. Potsy's in. Who's the other centre-half then? Um, I'm going for Rio. Rio. Yeah. So going late 90s now, around when I was had my season ticket um, with my mates. Um, and just like, you know, Harry Redknapp, I listened to, to his podcast the other day and he was talking about Rio again and he obviously mm. describes him as, the, you know, the Rolls-Royce yeah. defender. Um, but, you know, people, people uh, outside of West Ham will talk about, you know, his experience at Leeds and United and, you know, that's when he became a player and stuff. Rio was brilliant at West Ham at uh, a very early age. Um, you know, you could you could see the potential in him, but it wasn't just potential. He was he was a very good player from an early age. Mm. Um, and I just thought he was just class. I think having experience around him when he first came through, uh, Redham used to play the back three, didn't he, with the wing-backs at times. And having Rio sort of in that, that sweeper position with some experience next to him, like Stuart Pearce at times, Razor Ruddit was there as well. Um, I think he played alongside Igor Stimac as well. So experienced players around him, which helped his game develop. And it meant he could come out with the ball, couldn't he, as well? And yeah, and this, I mean, you know, Soccer AM, you'd, you'd have a showboat in a real one. He'd be on there. You know, he'd be one of the ones on there you sent her off. Um, but he, he was. And, you know, um, I've got yeah, fond memories of watching him sort of come through and obviously we got big money for him, 18 million, wasn't it, at the time for a mm. Leeds ball him. But we had, you know, a fair few good years with him in the team. He yeah. He was one of those players who was just like, you know, from a, from a young age, it was clear he was going to just be the player that everyone thought he was going to be. And obviously we've had players on the channel who have, who were around when we had his brother on here as well, you know, so, and, and yeah. even at that age, you know, he was, he was, a, he was a class act and absolutely incredible player. Um, one of those frustrating things in, in my, is, is that period because obviously we had all these fantastic young players and, and, you know, we sold them all and, <laughs> and what could have been if we kept them when we had Harry on the, on the channel, you know, he, he openly said that he reckons that if we kept them all, we'd have probably won the league because, they all went on to win the leagues and win Champions Leagues and stuff. So it's like vis-a-vis, yeah. -vis, he would have still been, you know, so it's a frustrating time, but obviously everyone's proud, you know, when you, when you saw like Rio and they saw them, you know, Frank and, 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 and Michael Carrick and Joe Cole, and you saw Glenn Johnson, you saw these guys playing for England and, and oh. stuff. You're thinking, you know, it's always, you know, still, still sort of pride. You know, we had Tony Carr on, um ages ago and he gave his 11 and it was basically the england 2010 world cup squad um yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know, fuck all these players have come from the academy you know including yeah. jt and stuff as well and it's like jesus you know the quality that we produced at that time and still doing it you know we still got some great young players obviously we got Meepu, we got we got we got obviously johnson in the team you got connor Co 
Connor Coventry. Um, we got Trot. We got loads of guys. You know, obviously Deck as well. You know, but they're always yeah. great. You know, there's still there's still a, a great the academy is still very strong. You know, remember Kevin Keane on the other day, and he said, you know, there's the the future's looking very bright for West Ham kids coming yeah. through. So you know, long might continue. That's what we like, don't you? As you said, we like players yeah. playing for the badge, but we love a youngster. We love an yeah, academy boy coming through. And that's it. And I think at that time, like you said about the young players coming through, but we had a really good mix there as well mm. with the experienced players. And and I think we're getting that right now, actually, with the you know yes. that right mix between experience and youth. Um, and and hopefully that long may that continue, as you say. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we've got Rio, we've got Breaker, we've got Potsy. Who we, who's next? Right, uh, there's only one man that can be left back. Um, one of my heroes growing up, Julian yeah. Dix. Raz Van Rat. Oh, Julian Dix. <laughs> <laughs> that joke, that joke never Rick goes Rick. old, never gets old. Uh, Julian <laughs> Dix, yeah, Dixie. Julian Dix, I mean, um, yeah, just... I, I mean, when I first started playing football, actually... Um, I was a left back, so and obviously being a West Ham fan, I watched him play um, uh, obviously quite regularly. Sure. And you know, you know, he had his reputation, of course he did. Um, but you know, that guy just give a hundred, hundred percent every game, or one hundred and ten percent, as he used to say. He used to give ten percent extra, um, and just he was just strong, wasn't he? Strong in the tackle. You felt good when he was on the pitch because you felt like. He would carry the team along and get yes. a result. He's yes. a great captain, a uh, great leader on the pitch. Um, wonderful left foot as well. I mean, you know, his his vision to uh, cross field passes. Um, you know, he scored a number of goals. His assists, um, penalties. I mean, the, the famous ones. I mean, he scored loads, but the famous yeah. ones: Spurs and Man United when he, you know, the four three Spurs game um, under the lights. Um, and United, when we were two 0 down, got back to two two, and you know he nearly touched Michael's head off with it, I think. And then yeah. and the bit after that, I mean, just great way to take a penalty, and just and it was nice as well. I had the opportunity to go to his testimonial as well, which um, which obviously was a, an interesting one with Bill Power, <laughs> um, quite quite appropriate, really. But um, no, brilliant, brilliant player. And, you know, in my opinion, and a lot of West Ham fans' opinions should have played for England um, and, and you know, maybe his reputation, unfortunately, went before him. But that wasn't right, in my opinion. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, obviously we've been very fortunate to have him on the on the channel a couple of weeks yeah. ago and um, an incredibly nice bloke. Um, and as you said, we, we had like we spoke about the testimonial, and he thought he was brilliant. The when Kanye got sent off, he was like, "Because well, yeah. he's, he's like, he said he was. I think he said that he was in the dressing room at half time, and Kanye walks or something like that. Kanye walks in and says, oh, sorry, I've been I've been sent off.' And and Julian just absolutely like doubled over in in belly laughter. Um, yeah. He was like, "Good on you, you know." It wouldn't have been a Julian Dix testimonial without uh, a sending off and a punch up, you know, and. Nice by all accounts, uh, I think uh, Atletico Madrid wanted something like some something um, incredible amount of money to play the games. So they was like out of pocket, like before they even kicked off or something ridiculous like that. That's but, right, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, as you said, he's just a, a phenomenal man and lovely bloke and and a great player. And you know, as you said, people of a certain generation, he's you know your gener- my you know our generation. He was he was he was our hero. You know, he was yeah. our hero. Um, as I said, he scored the first ever goal I saw 
at Upton Park. Um, not the no, sorry, so we rephrase that. The first ever West Ham goal. Um, the first goal was scored by the other team after about thirty seconds. Um, and uh, when I told him that, I went, "Yeah, you and yeah, I scored two that day, Russ." I, went, I know you scored two. I know you scored two, but it was it was like one of your thirty-yard thunderbolt things. But yeah, yeah, absolute legend of a man. Right, so that's a back four and a goalkeeper that. Uh, oh, Pretty tasty there. Pretty tasty there, Gal. Right, okay. Yeah. Let's move into midfield. Who are we going to start with, mate? Right, I'll start right midfield. Go for it. And I'm going to go uh, for Trevor Sinclair. Tricky Trev. Yeah. And just out of interest, actually, I was listening to um, Joe Cole's podcast yesterday. Um, yes. That he does. Um, and Trevor Sinclair was a, uh, was a yeah. guest. It was a really interesting one. It was a, it was a good a good insight and um, he was talking about his time at West Ham and I just liked him from the from the outset and probably like yourself I mean his first game against Everton he scored two goals on his debut um, endeared himself to the fans straight away um, you know he just and he played in different positions he was versatile wasn't he uh, Sinclair mm-hmm. like we played with wing back sometimes um, as I said earlier he would play as a wing back he would play as a right midfielder he played as a striker sometimes as well when we were struggling with yeah. um, when Ian Pierce was up front in the relegation season. He talked a little bit like that on the on the podcast as well with Joe Cole, and it's just goals and assists. You know um, the the famous assist with De Canio's goal. I mean the crossfield pass, um, and he scored he scored a, a fairly good one himself, didn't he, against Derby? Um, the overhead kick as well. So. He, he pitched in with some some really good goals. I mean, obviously, he was famous for the, the QPR one he scored. But he did score one for West Ham as well, and yeah, against Derby, I believe. So yeah, yeah, he's a, he's um he it's, sometimes it's not a lot surprises me in football nowadays. I don't think same as everyone, but I um I we had um it was a. it was so at the moment around the ground. There's they outside. They've got these stickers. Like like fake like big like panini sticker things like to because yeah. it's under twenty five years and it's sort of like legends there's like Martin Peters and Bobby Moore and da, 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 and and Julian and Rio and stuff like that and um, before one game I had a walk round and I saw uh, there was two I saw one, one for one player and one for one for Sinclair and obviously I'm yeah we've we've had them on the channel so we're relatively friendly which is nutty when you, I can't believe it that's just weird um, but we are um, and so I sent Trev picture of it and i said oh look 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 look, look he's on look who's on the stadium type thing and he sent me a message back and i and, I, and it's it's a, it made me stop him at the tracks a little bit because he was so humbled by it you know my, I, you know someone who's played for he's played yeah. the world cup he's played for city yeah he's played for all his team he was so touched by the fact that there was a picture of him on the stadium yeah, like, that's just mental. You don't think of it. You assume like they just that they don't care. It's the wrong expression, but yeah, I know. I know what you mean, yeah. and that's kind of what he was talking about with Joe Cole. And Joe yeah. Cole actually said in, in it, and he said um, when he was talking to Trevor, saying, you know, there's this reputation about footballers that they don't care, but like we really did care, and they talked a little bit about the relegation season yeah, as sure. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, that doesn't surprise me what you said there. Like how how sort of humble he, he definitely comes across as humble, and mm. and he still loves the club to this day, doesn't he? Trevor? Loves it. Yeah, so. loves it. Any he can't do anything enough for you. So like we had him on, we we didn't we didn't appreciation like for him as well. And right. I messaged him to say, oh yeah, Trevor, we got we're doing a night. 
you know, we did one pre, like, I think it was a week before, and we had Hartson. And so I messaged John, I, was, I think he was, like, commentating the Welsh game or something like that. And he sent a little video, like, a little WhatsApp video right. I, I played. It's like, oh, yeah, thanks for this. I can't be there. I'm doing the get well. But good luck, and I'll, and I'll, I'll check in later and watch it all. So don't slag me off type thing, you know. And I said to that to Trev, do you mind doing something like that? And he went, oh, what, what time's it on? And he says, I'll send me the link. I want to watch it. And then he turns up. <laughs> <laughs> to his own testimony his own like appearance night you're like this right. is your life type thing and uh, i didn't tell the others and they were actually like oh my god they're like little boys you know these are like like ryan from west Ham fan tv and people are like yeah people are now you know yeah. like, and what he'd done trevor had done is off his own back he'd went and bought a load of shirts from you know Score, uh, not not M and M. Share some score draw, um, like yeah. official ones, not not the, not the seventeen pound ones. And um, he said, "Oh, you know, he, he signed it, and we we put it for the raffle." And he did that for his own back. Oh, that's, like, that's amazing! That's amazing yeah. the fact that he's done that. Um, yeah, and he just yeah, he loves the, he does love the club, um, and he still loves the fans, and and they still love him because it was. He said it was that part of that 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 period where it was. You know, well, hopefully up until now was our most successful period in the mod you know, since since the eighty six lot. So, yeah, definitely top bloke, top top guy. Right, okay, tricky Trev's in. Tricky Trev is in. Who's next then, Gary? Right, I'm going centre midfield now, um, and I'm going to put Johnny Monks in there. John Monker. Oh, shout! What a shout! Yeah. Where is Johnny? Um, got him on his side. Hope you find Johnny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there he is. There he is. He's yeah, here, he's there. Exactly. I was going to say, uh, he's got his own song and he really was here, you know, here, there and everywhere, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, that's not the actual lyrics, but <laughs> as we remember, but uh, no, but I, I like John Monko. Uh, yeah. uh, first of all, before, um, like technically, very good player, actually very skillful, um, loved his step over, but he used to fool everyone with it. Right yeah. foot, left foot, could go both, both sides. Um, just was a very technically good player, good midfield player. Um, you know, when he was at Swindon and, he, and we bought him for, for West Ham. Um, but he also adapted his game, didn't he? he? And then he become sort of like, you know, that hard man midfielder yeah, who yeah, loved yeah. to tackle. And, you know, as, as youngsters, we were, you know, betting with each other, probably not that much money, about a pound or something or whatever. You know, what minute is he going to get booked? And it was, you know, it was, uh, I guess everyone around the ground was thinking exactly the same. Yeah. But um, but he was just, it, it was a way of getting the fans going, I think, as well. And I think that's what he was really good at. And, you know, he always put a shift in. He played for the shirt. He had his shirt out. He was, you know, he just went all out, didn't he, all the time, Johnny Monks. Yeah. And I think because he was the cheeky chappy, he had this sort of endearing quality about him, I think. You know, he was very much sort of the old you know it, it was and again it was part of that era you know and i that was yeah. my favorite era of of uh of west ham hopefully it might, it might change hopefully it might change but yeah you know it was a different time and it was you know there's as you said you had like you had people like sinclair you had monks you had razor you had ian wright you had these players who were just larger than life characters and we was you know, we had such a it was such a funny time. You know, like monks, as you said, when he when he when he and then that sort of second period where he became the hard man and basically he became a substitute pretty much, didn't he? Yeah. Um 
and just him running along the touchline. I mean, he would. I mean, you know, he would not get away with some of the stuff he used to get away oh, with. Yeah. There was the female linesman. I remember him. Him sort of jock. He was like jocking behind her. Like, yeah, you know, I won't do the hand movements, but he he would be slung up now doing that. You know, what I mean, yeah. get, so but stuff like that. It was like, oh, John, as you said, like people used to count literally in seconds how long it would take him to get his first foul, his first yellow card when he came on and. Yeah, and crazy man, crazy man. I mean, yeah, you, you know, they talk about the training, training ground stories and things like that. Yeah. I was lucky enough, actually. Um, my work experience when I was 15, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And um, a groundsman West Ham come up, West Ham fan. So I went over there, I was a groundsman over there for a couple of weeks, wow. over Chapel Heath. And it was over this period of time. So Trevor Sinclair has been bought. Um, and like you didn't get to see much because obviously you were doing doing the work and bits like they didn't get yeah. to speak to them anyway. I was quite in awe of it really being that yeah. young as well. But um but yeah, it was it was a it was a good experience for me. Um start seeing those play, players, you know, a little bit in, in training and things like that. And they talk about like, you know, Redknapp used to have the, the gates open really and people used to come in and, and see those mad things that Johnny Mox was yeah. probably doing. Um yeah. At times. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he told us them all. Uh, you know, yeah. I think he, he when, I, when I interviewed him, it was really funny because like he started off all a little bit reserved because like you know he's you know he's he's calmed down a little bit. Yeah. And then and then when we started talking about them because he knew like I interviewed like Razor and I hadn't really interviewed I interviewed Trev since then or something. Like, yeah, I interviewed a few of them, a few of his his teammates. And then it all just like he had like this this like verbal Tourette. So he just came out. He just oh, and there's this other time I did this. Oh, and there's this other time where I ran around naked because they didn't get me any kit. And this other time I did, and he's like literally like boom, boom, boom it all just came yeah. out. And he's like, oh, it's absolutely brilliant, absolutely. And it's like um, I miss that time. I really miss yeah, that time. Characters. They were characters, wasn't they? Oh, just so much fun football. But it's not just West Ham. It was like I don't think we get that in general. Even like you know, you think other. You know, other clubs, they, they were, you know, you had the crazy gangs and you had that. And yeah. it was, you know, you had that sort of like, it was just fun. Football was, a, is, was fun. You know, it was, you know, I think it's now so serious. There's so much money in the game that it's yeah. become like uber serious and uber professional. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But God, I miss a training ground prank on Sky Sports or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Or, oh, definitely. Yeah. Just like I, I just, you know, you've alluded there to like Razor and, um, and Ian Wright as well being characters. So, I mean, I remember uh, I was in a Bobby Moore lower like, in my season ticket years, and mm. um, things against Man United, and um, they crossed the ball, Razor had handballed it. It's clearly handball, and it but it went off, and they said, oh, it was a corner. And he turned around to the fans, he went like that, and like, sort of uh, gave <laughs> us a little laugh in the Bobby Moore lower, and we're like, oh, brilliant. You oh, know, he's got, I got away with one there. And I it know, was, I got that one, and, yeah. You know, and, uh, and obviously you had Ian Wright with Razor with the you know the Ducanio thing before he signed and stuff and you know it was it was good times, wasn't it? I remember one lap lap of they used to call them lap of honours then. Now they're lap of appreciations, but yeah. lap of honour. And it was Razor, and it was um he started he was it wasn't in the in the team, so he was sort of suited and booted as he was walking around. And by the end, he just had his pants on. Because literally, he was throwing his shirt into. I remember he threw his shoes in there, and literally, yeah. all that was left was him in his pants, and uh, just, just. And I remember, I think Monks was in that, wasn't playing as well. And I think he did a Klinsman dive in the corner, and he had like literally grass all the way down his his suit. I was like, absolutely crazy, these people. Yeah, but we loved them. We absolutely adored them. Um, yeah, it was super. 
but I think because they had a bit about him as, as well as as well as the personality, as said, Monks was an incredibly skillful player. Yeah, as well. So it wasn't just pranking. He was just like that's that was his personality, but he had the skill to back it up. And I think that having that combo just makes your West Ham great straight away. Straight yeah, away. definitely. He's um, yeah one of my favourites from that period of time, Johnny Monks. Yeah. Definitely. Me yeah. too. Right. Okay. Monks is in. Who's he going to partner in that central midfield position? Then. Right. Um. I mean, it, you know, you could talk about different players here. Obviously, uh, Nobes. Um, could have. You know, I want to give him a shout out for what servant he's been to the club. Um, but I'm going to go. Um, with Joe Cole. Yeah. In the centre. Probably didn't play as much in the centre as probably what we would have probably liked, I guess, um, throughout his whole career, actually. Um, but, yeah, just exciting academy products. Yes. He was so skillful, excited talent. He just had no fear when he first come through. Um, you know, like I said, talk about Soccer AM again. He had his own showboat in Real One Soccer AM with the Kenny <laughs> and that when he was coming through. They did. It was on every week. It was brilliant. Um, you know, it all stems from that 1999 Youth Cup final. And I remember going over there, um, you know, and seeing some of the ridiculous skills that he was doing and thinking, oh, get him in the first team. Um, you know, and then he obviously made his debut um, against Swansea, which actually, funny enough, was Julian Dix's last goal, uh, I believe. I was there that, that day as well for the for West Ham. Um, and then obviously scored his first goal against Bradford that that a famous 5-4 game and he went into the, he jumped into the crowd. Um, but yeah, just love watching him play. It was just like, it was, again, like we said earlier, Russ, it was, you know, a young academy product coming through and he was, it was the exciting talent and we had some exciting mm-hmm. players. We had Decanio there as well at the time and it was just a joy to watch. Um, that's what I found anyway. Oh, definitely. Uh, he was one of those players, as you said, from a young age, I mean, we knew about him from probably about the age of about 13, yeah. wasn't it, really? Um, I mean, I remember when, you know, we when, when Jem announced, um, when we signed, when he signed his pro forms, do you remember we did him on the pitch? Yeah. Uh, poor lad, 16 years old. I think it was against Chelsea as well, ironically. Um, and, you know, it must, I mean, hopefully he's going to he's gonna come on soon. And, I, and I'd love to just ask him about that time because, like, the pressure the pressure you know it's like then that that was before sort of he was the first one i can remember that oh you know from a young age people go oh, this guy's gonna be good now it's like you got loads you got you had sancho you had bellingham you had you know foden you know Grealish, you know all these players who are going to be the next gaza the next da, 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 you know from the, it's it's a conveyor belt now isn't it in yeah. terms of the next young one but he was the first one i can remember in the modern day who was going to be the next the next gather yeah. um and as a 16 year old lad or even that you know 12 13 you know everyone knew about him already must have been so much pressure on him so oh, much pressure no definitely um but he just seemed to you know take that and just yeah. he was straight away he was he just wanted a ball yeah uh, uh, such a young player and i know kind of talk about young players sometimes that no fear at times um, point, yeah but you know, like you said, that that potential, that pressure, but he sort of just, again, just endeared himself to the fans. We like a technically good player yeah. um, who do something a bit different, and he offered that. And obviously, later on, he captained the club. Um, you know, obviously, ended with um, the relegation. But interesting, like, like I said, I listened to that last night. Actually, the one with with Trevor Sinclair I said earlier. Um, 
and he just said like the guilt like he kind of felt through yeah. that relegation um yeah. you know and he took a lot of responsibility for that being captain at the time yeah. as well but he was still a young man you know he's 21 years of age yeah. you know and you say that you're captain in the club at 21 and the amount of pressure and sort mm. of the the regret really about what happened that season carrying that um you know but and you can tell he still loves the club obviously yeah. come back later on didn't he Allardyce brought him back later on um, obviously, it was, it was different because he, you know, he had his injury problems and things like that. But I was buzzing when he come back to the club. Yeah, you know, I think, nice, yeah. You know, when an old player comes back, you know, we yeah. love it, don't we? So yeah, and it was sort of that was that was like it was almost like the end, the last chapter of a book. Do you know what I mean? That's what it was like. Yeah. He sort of like he definitely bookended his career at West Ham, and a lot of people, you know, but like both sides. Usually, you don't you only get like the younger or the older. You don't get the, you know, both. Yeah. And he he genuinely bookended his career at West Ham. And I just think he had unfinished business um, because of the relegation. Um, mm. That's the way. And I, I for me, I always had a sh- I always had this assumption that that's always been niggling inside him, and. To then have played for your country, to have won Champions Leagues, probably, you know, trophies, all these trophies, and to still want to come back and have this burning yeah. ambition, you know, as soon as it's like, do you want to come back? Yes, I'll come back. You know, it's not. It's sort of like it just shows you how much he, the club meant to him, and no, um, yeah, no, I just think he's a he's, he's a brilliant man, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have fun, so we be good. Um, yeah. Right, okay, so we've got Monks, we've got Joe. Who's going to be on that left hand side then? Right, before I name this one, I just want to yeah. give a mention to Stuart Slater because I love watching Stuart Slater oh. when I was when I was younger. When and I was, have you, have was you watched up. him on Twitter now? He's he's he's, uh, he's reopened his Twitter account and he's doing he's doing the kick ups. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I retweeted them yesterday. Actually, funny enough, I love, I love Slates. Yeah. yeah, he's just he was just yeah, uh, brilliant. Sorry to sort of um, he's, oh. he hasn't quite made it, but um, and there's a reason for that, but. I, I really liked watching him play when um, when I was younger. And I was actually, when I was younger, I was scouted for West Ham and played for three years from like um, up to the age of 11. And one of the sessions, Stuart Slater come to do one of the sessions with us as well, mm-hmm. which was really, really good. It was like, it was just, um, it was so good to have like, you know, you support with them anyway. And he, he was yeah. one of like my favourite players at the time. Um, but yeah, he was, and, do you know what? He might have made it in here, maybe if he hadn't had that, you know, successful spell when he moved on to Selwick, didn't he? If we'd yeah. had him for longer, you know, would have been would have been good, I think, because I think, Definitely. and maybe he would have said the same that maybe his career would have gone down a different well, path. It, you know, when we when we had him on, it's like it's ridiculous how many people we've had on this channel. But when, but when we spoke to him, he was saying, yeah, I asked him about that, and he said, yeah, maybe. I mean, he said hindsight's a great thing, Russ. You know, yeah. maybe I could have stayed at West Ham but my idol wanted me to sign for his club so yeah, he wanted yeah. me and it's like yeah it's like you know I could not turn that opportunity down who said that opportunity yeah. is ever going to come again I said nah I mean we get it we get it he says you know I said and you know if if that had taken off as much as you wanted it to then it, we wouldn't be talking about it it's, you know he said hindsight's a great thing but yeah he was yeah he, he again another guy another I mean, everyone clearly loves the club after they play for them, it seems. Um, and and he's very much in that boat. And the same way that he was, when you was young, he was like the, you know, turned up for sessions and stuff like that. That's happened to him. So when he was young, yeah. um, he said when he was like 12, 
12 or 13, something like that. When, when basically West Ham had already sort of said to him, look, our eyes on you. He had Ray Stewart turning up to every Sunday league game. He was playing. Right, okay. Ray, Ray yeah, Stewart. Ter- he, went, he went, Russ, come on. You know, this, I'm, a, I'm a 12, 13 year old bloke and I've got a kid rather and I've got like a West Ham legend turning yeah. up and watching me every game. <laughs> And I was that's like, great. That's I mean, what a that is. Oh, yeah, he was mental. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, really liked Slates. I thought, yeah, brilliant yeah. player. And like you said, yeah, he's opening his Twitter page and yeah, doing the old keep you up. He's doing, I do some coaching and things like that. So I've already pinged that round to, to people to have a look at yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the kids I coach. Yeah, have a look at this. I mean, yeah, he's, he was, he's a great player. But the place, person I've chosen, it might be a little bit controversial, bearing in mind the way he left the club, um, but I'm going for Dimitri Payet. Yeah. Um, and obviously there was controversy, obviously Harry left the club, and I've talked a lot about, about playing for the shirt and loving the shirt and the club and things like that, and potentially, you know, the way he moved on doesn't fit in with what I've said previously. Mm. But um, that season, that last season... Uh, Upton Park. Um, it was a great season anyway, but what a player he was for us that season. Um, just, I mean, me and my dad used to, we used to get, you know, either drive or get the, the train down to the ground. And we used to say to each other, Russ, we used to say, what is he going to do today? Like, you know, we were buzzing before we even arrived and we hadn't really had that for such a long time. Like, De Canio was before then, Tevis was like slightly in the middle there. That player that, that like I said earlier, that Maverick that could do something different that we all love at West Ham. And he was that and it was just um and I just remember like, you know, like his song and like his song, the fans singing his song and you know, when he come back from injury and like the, the hairs on the back of your neck going up like that, that crowd was like everyone was singing his name, you know. And he just brought so much up the skills, the assists. I mean, the goals, the free kicks. I mean, uh, we've obviously played Man United in the Cup tomorrow night. That one, the top corner. Um, yeah. I mean, what a goal that was. The Palace one, I still don't know what happened there. Bamboozled the goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> that one. I mean, you know, we talked about the Cup run as well. Blackburn, a solo goal he scored. He always scored yeah. good goals. And the assists, Middlesbrough at London Stadium. Uh, people might, you know, not remember that one because obviously he left shortly after that one. Um, and also the assists, I mean, the amount of assists he had and the crucial ones as well in the Man United game, the last game, the bowling, um, you know, the assist for Antonio's goal and yeah. Reed's goal as well. You know, without that delivery, that doesn't happen. So, you know, he just, yeah, it was just brilliant he was just brilliant to watch um he was you know. he was just brilliant and, and you're totally right he's one of those players who he does he comes around once in a once in a generation um uh, in terms of of how skillful he was he was an incredible player incredibly skillful and was just like one of the most well i mean you know how often will we probably see a ballon d'or nominee in our <laughs> team yeah, Do you exactly. know what I mean? It's just mental when you think about it. And so, you know, as I said, yeah, the way he left, but then today, he's one of he was one of those maverick players, wasn't he? That yeah. as you said, we like. We like those maverick players. But a lot of them come with baggage. 
Dikanya came with baggage. He came yeah. with baggage. Someone like Anatovic came with baggage. You know, you know, it, that's what they get. It's almost like this other side to them that you know they'll throw their toys out the pram and stuff like that. And um, I think he, I think it's just one of those things where you know we should appreciate what a great player he was. And I think we do now. I think people have gone, yeah, yeah. as he said, he didn't, he didn't like throw his toys out of the pram and. And and you know, say I want to go to Man United or Real Madrid no. and Barcelona. He went back to the place where he came from, yeah. And uh, and they opened up his arm, their arms to him, mm. you know, and paid twice what we paid, and you know, and he did the same thing to them as he did to us. And so you know, it just shows you how good of an influential player he still was, in that they were help, hope, yeah. they, they were welcoming him back with open arms. But yeah, absolute class player. Okie yeah, dokie. So we'll. He was. He was just like, as you said, like a bit like when Julian or or Ray Stewart or Mark Noble, there's a penalty. That was the same as a free kick with him, which was absolutely amazing. You know, free kick in the thirty, you know, anywhere in the thirty yards of of goal, you think, yeah, we got a chance here. We got a yeah, chance. Here. So, 100%. Absolutely brilliant. Right. So we put Dimitri Payet in. Let's go, strikers. Who's going to be your first striker? Right, okay, but well, this one was kind of changing. I mean, uh, I like watching Johnny Hartson uh, back in the day. He didn't quite make it in there, though. I mean, Tony Cotty, um, he come back in the 90s, but obviously he was probably more so in the 80s, probably, before mm-hmm. I sort of really was getting into it. McAvenny, lots of strikers I could have, like, I really liked at the club. Um, but I've gone for this player purely because of... Um, I'd seen him before prior, Carlos Tevez. I'd seen him prior um, playing for Argentina. Yeah. And um, this was before he was even linked with West Ham. And I really, I like the way he played because he just like, you know, he's pressing, he's closing down, just harried defenders, was in and around defenders all of the time. And then when it sort of transpired that we were we were buying him alongside Mascarano, it was like, what on earth is going on here? What's um, yeah, going on, guys? And I, I know I've talked about longevity at the club and things like that, and he wasn't there for long. Um, but again, like Pyatt, it's the impact over that, that period of time was quite significant. Yes. Um, that's why he gets into my team, is the significance behind it about um, what, he, what he achieved at the club. Yeah. And I think, I think also, I think with with someone like Payet, with Payet obviously and Tevez, you're very sim, you're very right. Yeah, they didn't play. Didn't, I mean, I think Tevez probably only played like I don't know, I don't know 50, twenty games maybe for us or something yeah. like that. Ridiculous, yeah. but it was the impact he had on the team uh, and and on the fan base, wasn't it? We just took to him. And yeah, it doesn't matter necessarily how many games you play. Oh, God, I got so excited there. It doesn't matter how many games you play, but it's whether you, yeah, and and it was very, very much like his own soap opera, Carlos Tevez was. Because first he comes in, we don't know what the hell's going in, how we've got this guy and Mascherano playing for us. Then Mascherano's not playing. Tevez is playing. Tevez is running around like a blue ass fly, basically, running, trying to do everything. Um, yeah. And wasn't scoring for Toffee. You know, he'd hit the bar. Or I remember there was a period where he just literally. The goalkeeper saved everything. It seemed every every goalkeeper we played against for a few games, like they were just like worldies. They so were worldies. better against him. <laughs> exactly, a bit like Ben Rama now. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like he just can't get a break. Um, and then when that first goal came in, that was it, wasn't it? That was it. Then he was absolutely well on. fine. And, and what a goal that was as well against Spurs. He's always nice yeah. as well, isn't it? So uh... and, and I think it was, I think it was somewhat. Oh, I can't believe it was. 
it's going to annoy me now. It may have been Anton or someone like that. Um, when we interviewed him, said that was the goal that Carlos basically came off and realised what it was like to be a West Ham fan um, oh, because yeah. it was Tottenham. And, and you got you can understand that because then it was like, you know, he just got the fans and the fans got him. That was the one game. It's funny when, you know, it's always against Tottenham. You said about yeah, like, Johnny Hartson and stuff like that. It's it, Johnny Hartson yeah. scored his debut. Cotty scored his debut against Tottenham. Yeah. You know, we still Definitely. talk about Ravel Morrison scoring against Tottenham. It's, it's still always about Tottenham. Tottenham yeah. and Man United, those are the two games, isn't it? That That's it. it. They, they're the ones that are always sort of sticking out. Mine's aren't they as West Ham yeah. fans uh, are those games and uh, and definitely and and yeah, he scored that goal with, and then sort of it sort of kicks on from there. But you know, players that season as well that sort of deserve a shout as well. Bobby Samora was brilliant that yeah. season alongside Tevez, who chipped him with the goals. A young noble coming through as well, chipped him yeah. with goals as well. Um and yeah, he you know he always did have a sign as well, didn't he, Tevez? And yeah, I do remember actually, Russ. Funny story for you: New Year's Day, um, lashing down with rain, reading away, lost six nil. Yeah, and um, and this was before we we were going to go on this run that we did when we the Great Escape. And I'm sitting there um, in the West Ham end, and we we're about three nil down after about fifteen minutes. 4-0 down by the end of uh, like half time, and it like I said, it's lashing down the rain. And I'm uh, and when the fifth and the sixth have gone in as well, I'm thinking to myself, what on earth is Carlos Tevez doing on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> he was on the bench. He didn't get on high. Got on towards the end, and I'm just standing there. But I will tell you what, what I say about West Ham fans, as as we we both know that um, you know they were still doing a conquer in the rain. Some of those fans around the stands yeah. at Reading so but but I was I was standing there thinking why is that man on the bench because he yeah. wasn't getting in the team was he, at times so no, it's mad no. now, so it's crazy there's a great book um Daniel Hurley's done it about that season um, just bought called, it it's called, actually yeah oh brilliant yeah, yeah. Had Daniel on he's a top guy it's a really good book really good book because it's like it's, it, it's all about that yeah that season just a really effed up season and so <laughs> it was really really interesting to read all about that that is very, very good um okay so we've got carlitos who's gonna be the last player of this of this team then gary right okay um it's got to be one man another sort of hero of mine uh paolo yeah. decanio yeah. yeah paolo's got to go in um just what can i say i mean you know, I was I was lucky enough uh, to be there for his debut. He come on a Wimbledon away, nil nil. Foe's uh, debut as well. God rest his yeah. soul. Um, yeah. And um, and Johnny Hartson was making his debut for Wimbledon the same day. So it was part of the deal, wasn't it? That uh, we'd sold uh, Hartson, got some money in, and we got Decanio for ridiculous, like one point five, I think it was ridiculous. Silly, yeah. It was obviously the reputation that had gone before him, as we said earlier. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was brilliant to watch those seasons because we were so good at home and it was just like, it was our talisman at home, giving the ball, giving the ball, we do something. So many great memories of him that season. Um, you know, I, I remember the goal against Arsenal when he's cut inside Keown. Keown's still looking for the ball now, I think, you know, and he's, <laughs> you know, he's hitting to the top corner. Um, just not, uh, do you know what? Home. Uh, home form was a lot to do with him and about yeah. how he performed, um, I, I believe. And he didn't always chip in away from home. Uh, Paolo didn't. Um, but he scored some important goals away from home as well, like yeah. Chelsea away, the volley was yeah. a good goal. 
uh, well, good goal, it's an amazing goal. Um, Man United in the cup and Bartis has put his hand up, you know, the 1 0 win. Um, but, you know, it's just, it was brilliant to watch the skills, just, you know, the Bradford game with Lampard, the penalty, yeah. just, you know, just the drama around him, the song singing Paolo Di Canio, again, it's not that pirate moment, you know, hairs in the back of your neck and things like that. Very true, Just yeah. brilliant times. And I was there for the greatest goal I've ever seen live um, against Wimbledon, the 2-0 um, game at home. And Freddie Canute debuted that day as well. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played very well, so I like Freddie as well. But the goal, I mean, Foley out to Sinclair, Sinclair, the raking pass across the pitch. And I was in the Bobby Moore lower, as I said, Russ, and um, it's obviously down the other end. And it seemed to be a delay before the crowd erupted. It was almost yeah. like, it was yeah. like, what on earth have we just witnessed there? Is yes. that true? Have we actually seen that? And it just, it was probably like split second or second, but it just seemed like there was this delay that seemed to yeah. last for ages. And then the, we just yes. erupted. There was a player, I can't remember, it was an interview I was listening to. It might have been a Peter Crouch in one of his podcast right. ones. And it's that, and I think it was, he said, the best goals are where there, there's that delay. So the ball yeah. goes in, there's, a, as you said, a split second delay, and then the crowd are reacting to it because it's so good. They, yeah. There's a bit of a gasp. And it's almost like their brain's trying to register what's happened. And then there's the jubilation. He says, if it's a good goal, it's like you know, the crowd straight away. But you know it's a really yeah. good goal when there's a slight pause before the crowd. And that and that yeah. was the slightest, as you said, but it seemed like a because everyone just stood there going. What the Absolutely hell? <laughs> in all. It was. It was just mad, wasn't it? It was just, I mean, the technique, not many players can do that. It's a no. unique goal. And that's why. And people will say you're biased because you're West Ham and so on and so forth. But um, the technique is still, the, you know, one of the greatest goals um, like I've ever yeah, seen. Uh, and, and probably a lot of pe- other people will say the same as well. Um, and interesting, like I said, that podcast with joe cole and trevor sinclair they talked about it and they said he used to do it training all the time well, that's <laughs> so, the thing yeah that's the thing we had it was had, normal he, to him exactly we had, we had ian foyer on um right, okay, yeah, goal, and that. and he basically lays down that he <laughs> was completely responsible for that goal because <laughs> because apparently paolo was like right. they were doing it in training and it was coming off occasionally and then he went, no, 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 no. And he made Ian stay out for like two hours or so after the game, after the training. Some yeah. youth team, got some youth team boy to literally cross balls for two hours, literally, until he got it. And when he scored it, yeah, he, and Ian says, it, the really thing that fucks him off is because literally, like, the camera pans away. But apparently what happens is, Di Canio scores. He does the, I can't do no more. I can't do no more. Yeah, he runs down the touchline yeah. and jumps into, and, and like, jumps into ian's arms or says you know that's for you or something like straight to ian oh, and, really? but, oh, right, but okay. no but no one's no i was like okay ian, okay whatever ian. <laughs> it was like no honestly russ it's so good happened i was like okay yeah 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 so that, that's apparently the truth um yeah so, and that yeah, so is that's, brilliant. that's 
like like you said about the celebration and that's noticed well it was like literally wasn't it that i can't do no more that's yeah. like you know that's the pinnacle um but it was for all all of it like we were just so in awe wasn't we of what we'd yeah. seen i mean the guy was a magician and oh, and yeah. he brought us so much joy and uh, and i'm i'm proud to be able to talk about that goal that i've seen that live as well I was in the stadium for that goal um, and it's nice to be able to talk about that so many years on and, and obviously talk about that this evening. So, Yeah, no, definitely. And, and Paolo is one of those players who just made you smile. Yeah. You know, he just made you smile. When you think about him now, you smile because it's the theatrics. It's the, he, as you said, in, same, in the same way that, you know, you said you get excited when, 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 you, when you know Pyatt's playing. It, it was that and more of the Canio. Yeah. In my opinion, it, was. it wasn't just yeah. the skill. Pyatt arguably was a was a more technically gifted player, in my mm. opinion. But he didn't have the drama. He didn't have the flamboyance, the Italian flair. You yeah. know, he was quite sullen, wasn't he, Pyatt? Whereas Di Canio was just like the entertainer. And he thrived on that. And as you said, you didn't know which Di Canio was going to turn up. That's what, what I always found out. Yeah. That was exciting for me. Was it going to be the, 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 the child who throws his toys out the pram? <laughs> was it going to be the magician that turns at Martin Keown inside out and Tony Adams and make yeah. David Seaman like an idiot, you know? And that's why I love that period because it's just, it was so unpredictable. Like that Bradford city game, that epitomized that at that period of West Ham. Definitely and, agree, you know, when yeah. you gain, when you turn up going, oh, we got Bradford. Oh, it's going to be a fun game. We still talk about it twenty odd years later. Do you know oh, what I mean? It's just it's had everything, isn't it? Everything oh, that it's game. Crazy. It's crazy. And, um, right. And, and how many penalties would he have got if uh, VAR? What do you oh, reckon? He would have definitely had penalties imagine. that day, wouldn't he? Yeah, we definitely. Yeah, we definitely got the penalties. He wouldn't have had to like done, yeah. stab himself off wherever he did last time. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> right. So that's the team. There's the team. We got Ludo in goal. We got Timmy Breaker. We got Potsy Rio. We got Julian. We got Trev Sinks. We got Monks, Joey Cole, Payet, Decanio, and Tevez. That ain't a bad team, there, gal. I tell you, man. Cheers, Russ. That ain't a bad team. We're probably first on that match of the day. Maybe not always for the winning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. it's it's a uh, it's a lot of flair in there isn't it so yes. uh yeah yes 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 and we, we brought back the te- the team sheet because i've had someone criticize that i don't do the team sheets so i brought it back just so that person can <laughs> shut up complaining after every video okay all right yeah. fine anyway there Brilliant. we go. Gary, thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, we'll no, put a thanks. link to the Back in the Day podcast um, in the description below. So check that out. And this is an episode, man, series nice. one, episode eight is the one you want to, you guys want to get on for the West Ham lot. West Ham lot will probably, hopefully, like that one. It's about the Bobby Marlowe and my experiences. So, um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, stuff. And obviously, thank you to everyone for listening to this or watching it on YouTube or Spotify, whatever it is. Um, if you are listening to it on Spotify, just go and Go straight on to back in the day now. Might as well. Thanks, Ross. Might as well. What else are you going to do? Um, and for myself and Gary, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Get your jabs. Come on, you irons. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Much love. Come on, you irons. See you, Ross. Cheers, see you later. Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.